Hello and welcome to episode 84 of the Liverpool Comedy Improvcast with me, Ian Luke-Jones. This is where we get to know the people who make up the LCI community and a place where we delve into all sorts of improv topics. And today, we don't have a guest, we just have me chit-chatting, but what I'm chit-chatting about is very important, I think, and it is the Papo. And I'll get into Vapapo a little bit more in the episode, but basically it is something that came from Jill Bernard's small, cute book of improv. It's really great advice for improvisers. If you've heard it before, then great. Hopefully this will just refresh your memory a little bit. And if you've never heard it before, then I can't wait to tell you all about it. This podcast is available on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, and wherever else you get your podcasts. We're even available on Amazon Podcasts, which means that you can ask Alexa to play the show. If you're listening on Apple Podcasts or Spotify, please leave us a five-star review and subscribe to the show to give us a boost and help get our name out there. And now it's time to go off script and talk all things Vapapo. So there we go. This week, it is just me talking to you and the reason this has happened is just because life is very hectic so for me right now it is currently the 26th of march so you're going to be hearing this in probably about a month's time in terms of my schedule in life i've got one week left in school and then i have my easter break and i'm spending the entire easter break in the philippines so seki and i are going well she's going home to visit and i'm going for the first time to visit and we're going to be catching up with some of her old friends, uh, spending time with their family. And I'm very excited. I'm very excited about switching off from the world for this period. The time that you're listening to this, that will all have been and gone. Uh, but yeah, so I had to make that decision to do I try to rush and cobble a guest together and, and get that content out there. But then I thought, no, actually, you know what? Take the Easter weekend off, even this show. I'm not going to be around. If I was home and it was just my Easter holidays, I probably would have just kept the show going and put an episode on that Easter bank holiday Monday. It's Easter bank holiday Monday in the UK. I'm not sure how the rest of the world deals with the Easter period, but yeah, it's a bank holiday here. If I was home, I probably would have just kept the show going as always. But given my busy schedule, I thought, actually, you know what? We can we can miss a week, uh, and then we'll just keep the show going on its normal schedule. So I'm I'm sure I'll have been through a lot of life and lots of fun and laughter in the period since I'm recording this and the and this episode goes out. And the last episode was actually a bumper episode anyway, so it kind of makes up for it because that was about 90 minutes where Michael and I broke down the letter C, which was great fun, and I can't wait to get back to getting guests on the show. I've still got some great guests that I just haven't had the right schedule. Uh, we, we've not been able to sync our schedules, but some great guests are coming soon. Uh, first timers have never been on the show. And then we'll be getting some some uh, friends of the show back on to continue breaking down the A to Z of improv. And one thing I have said for a while that I want to do is a book review episode or several book review episodes and that's kind of what this is today it's not a full book review episode it's just me breaking down a very specific thing from a book and the book is jill bernard's small cute book of improv 
this uh, version that I have is the 10th anniversary edition. And it's a great book full of really, really insightful tidbits. And I know lots of improvisers that uh, rave about Jill Bernard. I've met improvisers that know Jill Bernard and they say she truly is as fantastic as, as people would hope she is. And this book first came to my attention, actually, during, I think it was 2021. It was either late 2020 or early 2021. And it was Jess Naphthan Hodgkinson, um, one of the co-founders of Glossop Improv and uh, former guest on this show. And she did a series of, of sessions based on it. And that's what piqued my interest because it, it, it's kind of a, a, a toolkit. So what I'm going to do is I'm just going to break down what is Vapapo. I'll talk around that. I'll read little bits from the book. And then there's a cool couple of little bits from the book as well that I'll just read uh, before I finish. I'm not going to just sit here and read the entire book to you. But I, I do advise that you get this book. It, it is what it says on the tin. It's small. It's cute. It, it's a tiny little book. You can read it in one session, but you can keep coming back to it because what it says is really great, really insightful. And yeah, I'm not going to read the whole book to you because you can go and get the book yourself and read it in your own time. But Vapapo. So what is Vapapo? Well, for starters, it's an acronym and it breaks down improv basically into these letters for Papo. Uh, so it describes it in the book as a mongrel of Marx Brothers and Comedia and Eric Morris. And the V, which is what starts for Papo, stands for voice. So when it comes to voice, here's what it says about voice in improv in this book. You're speaking pace, pitch, impediment or accent. Voice also includes resonance, which is where your sound vibrates, your forehead, nose, cheeks, chest, throat, butt, pinky, wherever. So yeah, voice. As an improviser, your voice is really, really important. Now, there are some really, really great scenes where sometimes you don't use your voice at all. And then it all comes down to the other elements of a papo. But I'd say probably 95% of the time, our voice becomes a big part of our improv scene. And it says here, you know, your pace, your pitch, your impediment, or your accent. And there's a lot of talk about the word authentic. Uh, I've spoken about the word authentic a, a few episodes back when we did the letter A for... Uh, the A to Z of improv and, you know, what is it to be authentic? And, you know, I think if you create authentic characters, then yeah, they may well have an accent. You're not always just going to be you always sounding like you, you're bringing characters to life. And the way that character speaks is often going to sound just like you, but sometimes there are people that are more comfortable with, you know, jumping into accents, jumping into different ways that they can change their voice. I myself love to change my voice. I don't want to just always sound like me in scenes, but I know some people that will only ever sound like themselves in scenes. And I think it comes, it all comes down to comfort, really. You know, what are you comfortable with as an improviser, but always being very mindful of, of being very respectful, whatever you're doing, you know, do it from a good place. 
Uh, and hopefully that voice that you choose is just going to be a good voice th that helps bring your character to life and nothing, nothing more and uh, nothing for anyone to get offended about. So that is the V of Vapapo. And after the V, we have the A and A is attitude, but it does say in brackets or emotion. So attitude or emotion, but I imagine that or emotion didn't, uh, didn't fit in to the nice little uh, Vapapo word. So the A, attitude. This is as it's written in the book right now. Attitude really just means emotion. But Vapapo sounds, sorry, but Vapapo sounds stupid. So it says with the E instead of the A. There are four emotions in the whole world. Mad, sad, glad, and a frad. And what is a frad? I hear you ask. A frad is afraid. I want them to rhyme. Everything else is just a shade of those four. If you're at a loss, shop from that list. So yeah, mad, sad, glad, and a frad. And yeah, if you think about any emotion, you can pin it to one of those. Mad, sad, glad, a frad. Just think of it like a quadrant. And whatever emotions you can come up with, they'll fit in that quadrant somewhere. Now, sometimes an emotion can maybe straddle one quadrant and another. Or think of it like a Venn diagram in that case, where some of these emotions can maybe fit across multiple categories. But on the whole, most things do fit very much uh, firmly into, oh, that's a glad emotion. That's an afraid emotion, you know, an afraid emotion. So it's just really interesting to me, I think, to think about everything that we can come up with in our brains in terms of, of emotion and where we want to go. When you break it all down, there's just four quadrants of emotion. And I've done a lot of work on this through various workshops that I've been a part of. Sometimes I'm helping to lead those workshops. Sometimes I've just been taking part in those workshops. I've had lots of discussions around it. And I just think it's really interesting to, to break it all down. You just say, okay, out of all of those emotions that you could possibly choose, they'll all be linked back to either mad, glad, sad, or a frad. And I just think that, that that's great. They, they are like our, our baseline human emotions. And just being aware of that, I think is important for an improviser to know because often we get to choose our emotions. Often we don't get to choose our emotions and we're given emotions. And sometimes you get emotions that are very similar in scenes. And so I can't think of any right off the top of my head right now. Uh, or, or let's say excited. No, oh, I had one the other day. It was paranoid and suspicious so i was suspicious someone else was paranoid and they could easily have been confused but we were able to differentiate between our emotions enough but yeah emotions are fascinating i think and can really help to to drive any scene and attitude slash emotion makes up this part of 
Vapapo. So attitude in brackets or emotion. So moving on there. So, so far we've had voice, we've had attitude or emotion. And next is the P in Vapapo. And this has got, again, two words, but this time they both begin with the same letter. We've got posture slash physicality. So here's what it says in the book. P is for physicality and posture. Bob Fisher of the Annoyance Theatre tells us how you do what you do is who you are. The way you walk, the way you dust, the end table tells us everything. Just slump your shoulders forward or scratch your head and you're a new man. Try it. So yeah, physicality, posture, the way we carry ourselves. I've been doing lots of character development um, activities recently and voice is a big part of it. The emotion is a big part of it. And that posture, that way that you carry yourself. Are you going to be a, a standing tall and, and proud? Are you are you going to be slightly shyer? Are, are you going to be, I don't know, like some kind of wicked witch character? What, whatever you do, are you going to play a really old person? Because if you are, you're probably not going to do it standing up 100% straight the way that you are as a younger person. Little things like that, and they make a difference. And I love doing this with children, actually. I love seeing, for example, a child's interpretation of of an old person because, let's say, I'm working with I'm, I'm working with eight and nine year olds a lot right now, and when I do character development sessions with them, and I'll talk about being old like they would class my age as being old. So on May the 11th, I turn 40. Now the children, to be fair, they don't think that I seem old and they'll, they'll quite openly tell me that. But then just the idea of the age of 40 to them sounds old. So they don't necessarily connect me with that age. So if they think that being 40 is old, you can imagine what they think a 60 year old is like. They, they think a 60 year old is really hunched over and you know, a, an adult knows that that's not the case. Certainly these days people, people are just living a lot longer, fitter than they've ever been. And even, you know, when I was younger, I thought 60 was super old, but now I'm friends with people that are 60 plus and the, they, they're not hunched over. So if I was a child, I might have played a 60-year-old one way. Now I've, I'm older, I've lived a little, I, I play that character very different. But children, they just hear anything sort of, well, to be honest, they hear anything above 30 and they think it's super old. Uh, but carrying yourself, your posture, your physicality, all really important in improv. And another reason why I wanted to talk to you about Vapapo, because already these three, the VAP, these are these are sort of quintessential to every character that you're ever going to be in improv and it actually says in the book that if you start just with the vap pick any one of these three and you've got an instant character so focus on your voice focus on your attitude focus on your posture just one of those things you've got a character and then as a little extra it says bonus when you pick one you get the rest free you pick a voice and you'll find an attitude and posture come with it and vice versa it says vice versa not vice versa so yeah 
focus on one of those things and everything else would just fit into place. So that is the VAP of VAPAPO. And there are three more letters. There's another A, there's another P, and there's an O. Now it says, uh, a little aside here, I usually save these for the advanced students, but I'm pretty sure everyone listening here can probably consider themselves an advanced student, so I will reveal the secrets to you. So, animal. Once you're past the basic VAP, there's animal. Or more accurately, a person who's like an animal, a bird-like woman, or a pig. Showbiz legend Dustin Huffman based his midnight cowboy character on a weasel. True story. So yeah, not becoming an animal, but using animal characteristics can really help to generate a great character. I remember one of the first LCI sessions I went to. It was a half a day course in Liverpool and it was like basics of improv. And I always remember doing animal interview. So that was someone acting as some kind of job boss and they had to interview different people. And those of us that were being interviewed, we were each given a secret animal and we had to go through the interview as the animal, but it was made very clear to us, you are not that animal. You are a human that has those animal characteristics. And I was given a squirrel. And yeah, so I just remember that. I always can think back to that session. I remember lots of what I learned in that session. And yeah, I learned a lot so early on in my improv journey there with this fantastic session from Emma. And yeah, the whole session, it was all about sort of different characteristics, how we carry ourselves and how we can become different people using lots of these things without necessarily saying it was Vapapo, it was Vapapo, you know? Uh, so yeah, using an animal to inform your character is, is a really great way to go, I think. I think, you know, good improvisers do it without thinking about it, without knowing that they're doing it. But if you're newer to improv, then it's a, it's a really great technique to use. So, so far we've got Vapa, that's the V, the A, the P, and the A. And now we're moving on to the next letter of Vapapo, and it is P. And this leads us to prop. Now, it says in the book here, think of Groucho's cigar or Chaplin's cane or every, every Frenchman's tiny cigarette. The reason we use mime props instead of real props is that they're symbols of who we are and how we feel, but they're not what the scene is about. All Bond villains have props. And that's a really great way to look at it. Yeah, we often will invent these little things and a certain type of character will have a pipe. A certain type of character will have a cigarette. Like a Bond villain, a certain type of character will be stroking a cat. But in a scene, that isn't what the scene is about. It's just an extra little bit of information for the audience or for the other performance that helps us learn a little something about that character. So that prop, that imaginary prop, is really important for showing people information about you that you don't necessarily 
need to go into. You don't need to talk about it. It's just, hey, here's an extra level to my character. And yeah, like the the pipe smoking character, there's a certain type of characteristic to that sort of person often in a scene. Let's say, for example, I don't know, you're going to be like a an old school university lecturer that that sort of character may well just be smoking a pipe there's not much said about it but it just adds that little extra nuance to the character little things like that i love and there's so many great great people that i have the pleasure of performing with regularly whether it's uh, through anything lci related anything flincher funny bone or gloss improv related obviously my wonderful family of oikers there's so many good people around that do that seamless prop work and yeah it's something that i i feel perhaps i need to get better i focus a lot more on on my voice my physicality but this use of props some people just do it seamlessly and i think for me that's really something to strive for so we're nearly at the end of the vapapo here and the last word is Obsession. So our final O is obsession. Here's what it says in the book. Then we get into the world of obsession. It's not an obsession. Prince Namor loves me back. That's what it says. It's not a guessing game. It doesn't matter if we ever learn that you wanted to take over the world or if you think chairs are trying to flirt with you. It's just yours, a little present to give you a distraction from your conscious mind and an interesting expression on your face. You'll probably find one element of a papo that works for you like none other. So rock. So I, I skipped in there to the end of the book there. So obsession is basically something that you know that your character cares about. The audience never needs to learn about it. It's just a little extra little thing that you have given your character it could help you doing things in the background i I love there it says about it doesn't matter if we ever learn that you wanted to take over the world or if you think the chairs are trying to flirt at you you knew and that's all that matters you know it added that depth to your character and that's that's something i really love i love it when i'm i'm in scenes with people and they've clearly given this a lot of thought just in the moment and there's lots of great sort of unspoken unspoken little things that that happen i love that so yeah that is vapapo and as i said there it says in the book you'll probably find one element of vapapo that works for you like no other you might get lucky you might think oh actually yeah there's there's loads of those things uh, that actually speak to me there may well be some things there that you think oh that's something i want to work more on so whether it's your voice your attitude your posture your animalistic um animalistic i can't think of the word uh i'll say vibes oh i'll just say animal it says animal whether it's prop whether it's obsession they are the building blocks to creating a wonderful improv character so that's pretty much what i wanted to do today i just wanted to introduce this book jill bernard's small cute book of improv and sort of say hey go out there and add it to your collection if you don't have it because it's it's a great little addition and there's two more things i want to read so i said i'm not going to read the whole book to you but there's two things i do want to read yet so first of all 
there's a little section that says the best improviser in the world. Think about this. Any night, a certain number of improvisers are improvising all at the same time, all around the globe, with time zone differences. And in any given second of any hour of performance, you may be making the smartest improv choice of any of them. Maybe every other improviser is making choices between terrible and okay, and you're in the middle of making a really good move. Maybe TJ just sneezed. Even if you're a super beginner, in this second, maybe you're being honest and refreshing and truthful, and it's wonderful. Therefore, in any given second, you may be the best improviser in the world. And I wanted to share that bit because it talks about the fact that you could be a super beginner. And that's one thing about improv that I love. Someone can turn up to improv and it'd be their first night of ever doing improv and they just get it and they can be awesome. And then it sort of negates that whole thing. You know, lots of people will say, how long have you been doing improv? Because you could have been doing it for 20 years, but you could have been doing it badly. So yeah, it has to be that, there has to be that natural thing for it. And you can continue to do improv, you know, we do it because we love it. Well, I do it because I love it. We do it because it can help us in so many ways. We can learn lots from doing it. And yeah, for me, ultimately, I do it because I enjoy it. It makes me smile. It makes me laugh. It affects so many other parts of my life in a positive way. And I don't think, I don't think we ever... Well, I don't think a good improviser goes on the stage trying to outdo anyone else necessarily on stage. We're not going out there to show the world, I am the best improviser, I'm the best in this room, and I'm the best in this town, and I'm the best in this world. There probably are people out there like that. Fortunately, I, I haven't encountered uh, many of them. But even if you're a super beginner, in this second, you may be being honest and refreshing and truthful and it's wonderful so yeah there are lots you can learn from people that have been doing it for a long time that's the same in anything in any line of work in any type of creative environment there is a lot of wisdom that comes from years of practice but sometimes people have just got a great natural talent for it and you just know instantly i've seen it in children and it comes down to that it, that it factor. They talk about the X factor and often, you know, the X factor, the TV show, for example, people will win it, but they don't really have the X factor because you just don't feel it. There are people out there, they've got that it. And sometimes having that it doesn't mean you're even the best, the best singer in the room, for example. It's, it's how you sing, it's, it's how you draw people in. You might not be that classically trained actor that knows how to hit these beats in, in a, a set way that, that you learn through your years of studying, but you could just be someone with an instinct for it and you hit those beats naturally without any real thought process and Sometimes that can frustrate those people that have studied it for a long time, but it, it is what it is. Um, you know, 
there are footballers out there that you kick the ball to them and their feet just do magical things with the ball that you could you could try for 20 years and just never have that same talent but that doesn't mean you can't be an amazing player on that team you're just not gonna be known for having those twinkle toes so yeah i guess i just love that because the idea that at some moment in time the move that you were making in an improv scene was the best move in the world the world doesn't know it and the world doesn't even need to know it and that's what's cool because that's not why we're doing this thing we're not out there to to prove that we're better than everyone else we're just out there to have a good time and also i love the idea of just improv just happening all around the world at the same time uh, different time zones of course but on any given day you know how many people are in the moment and improvising compared to all of those people that will never know what it's like to improvise and they'll never unlock that next level in their brain anyway there's one more thing I want to I want to read here. It's kind of the final thought from the book. But don't worry, I haven't spoiled the book really. There's loads of great insight in here. So go and buy this book. You have to I have to apologize. You'll have to excuse me. Um the more I'm talking, the more I realize I really need a drink and I I can feel that my throat and my mouth it's all getting very dry right now. But don't worry. I'm near the end. So, this last bit of the book says schools of improv in the end, there are no schools of improv. The only Johnstonian performer in the world is Keith Johnston. Even though he influenced nearly everyone, there was only one Del Close. Spolin was Spolin, and you are not. You are your own school of improv. You will spend your formative years becoming a crazy quilt of every teacher you have, every teacher you ever have, and every book you ever read. Then, eventually, you will become yourself. You will find your style. You will still collect best practices from everyone, and you will still load up your tool belt from wherever you can. But you will be yourself. You will still have weaknesses that you work on and room to grow, and you will grow. You will have your own rules. You will find others whose schools are compatible with your own, and you will build teams together. You will be true to what makes you most happy. It's easy to get caught up and never become the improviser you might be. You can spin your wheels for years just eating chicken wings at the bar, talking rubbish, after another night of student improv that merely met expectations. I'm not going to judge. I've eaten my fair share of chicken wings. I will tell you this. It's never too late to become yourself. And what a great note to finish this little chat on. So yeah, I hope you've enjoyed this intimate little session this week. Just me in your ears for about 30 minutes talking about this great book, Jill Bernard's small, cute book of improv. If you don't have it in your collection yet, then what are you doing? Go out there and, and grab it. It's not very expensive. And I should also say, this is brought to you uh, in no way affiliated with Jill Bernard. Uh, it's just, I just think it's a book you should go out there and read. And if there's a book that speaks to you the way that this book has spoken to me, then I want to hear about it. I'd love to get you on the show talking about an improv book 
that's given you great advice or that, you know that's blown your mind with its amazing guidance whatever it is if if you've read that book and you want to come on and talk about it then i would love to learn from you and i'd love to have you on the show talking about it so with all of that in mind i want to say thank you very much for listening i know it's a bit different just having me chatting to you but it happens occasionally and next week i'm sure that oh, not next week in two weeks uh, hopefully everything will kind of be back to normal i'll have a guest back on i'm talking now about the future for me because as i record this it's the 26th of march 2023 and i know this is this episode's going out in pretty much a month and a lot of life will have been lived by then uh, but yeah i'm hoping i can get back on track throughout may and the rest of the year but even may gets very busy for me my birthday is coming up may the 11th i turn 40 yikes um that weekend of my birthday uh, so the 13th and the 14th is comic con weekend here in wales comic con i say here in wales the comic con itself isn't in in wales anymore um it's in telford it's not that far but it's still incredible it's the comic con i go to doesn't matter whether it's their one in telford or their smaller one that they do in wrexham in the summer i support that con i know some people choose the con they go to based on the guests but to me i just go to wales comic con and if they have guests that i, I want to meet then great if not it doesn't matter i'm just there to soak up the atmosphere but if you happen to be going to wales comic con give me a shout because i'd love to love to meet up with you say hello have a chat and then after that hopefully life will get a little bit quieter and i could really get back on track with sorting out who's coming on the show but maybe that could be you so if you're listening and you've never been on a show and you want to be on the show just get in touch with me or with emma bird and we'll get you on the show because you deserve to be on the show if you're an improviser and you're part of the lci family and you haven't been on the show yet what's happening just come on right i'm rambling now i'm aware i'm rambling because i really need a drink so i'm just going to finish off I, i'm just searching for my little outro script which is here somewhere oh here we go yeah well i've done that i've well i'm looking at my script and it's it's telling me that i should tell you to come on the show i've just kind of done that pretty much uh, so yeah if you want to get involved in improv then obviously Liverpool Comedy Improv is where it's at. Find out all the information at www.liverpoolcomedyimprov.co.uk. You can also find uh, Liverpool Comedy Improv on Facebook and on Instagram. And this show, the Liverpool Comedy Improv Cast, you can find on Facebook as well. Just search for the Liverpool Comedy Improv Cast and it'll show up. Just type it into Google and you'll find everything you need to know on there as well. So yeah, that is pretty much it for this week. If you are listening on apple or spotify then please i encourage you to go give us five stars write us a little review because it's little things like that that really help to give us a boost and help get our name out there if you're interested in following me on social media in any way shape or form you can find me on facebook instagram youtube twitter and tiktok they all offer different things but i'm most active on facebook these days i think relatively i'm always looking at my instagram i don't post too much on there i'll post videos on tiktok semi-regularly there's loads of content on my youtube channel so yeah i definitely 
would like you to go and uh, subscribe to me on YouTube. Check out all of my old videos. There's loads of improv videos. I've got loads of my music on there. I've got... Yeah, I've got all sorts. Just go check it out. So, yeah, thank you very much. Who knew that just this little episode of me just having a chit-chat could, could last this long? But there we go. It has lasted this long. Now, I need to go and have a drink because... I'm so dry in the mouth, so I apologise if that sounds a bit dodgy uh, in your ears and if my voice sounds any different. But anyway, this time next week, as as recording, I'm going to be in the Philippines, and I'm super excited about that. But by the time you're listening to this, I'll have been to the Philippines. So if you do know me, and if you are following me on social media, check out the pictures that I'll be posting, because hopefully there'll be some great pictures of me having a lot of fun and hopefully not burning myself too much in all of that Philippine heat of which I believe it's going to be about 35 degrees while I'm there and you not have the skin to uh, to deal well with those situations so hopefully I'm not going to come back uh, too pink right I will stop talking thank you very much go back and listen to previous episodes because in two weeks there isn't a new episode but we'll be back two weeks after that with a new episode so yeah thank you very much now hold on I've just completely lied to you there is an episode in two weeks in my head there isn't an episode on Easter but this episode's going out after Easter crikey uh, this is too confusing come back in two weeks because there will be an episode all going well thank you (laughs) before I go here are some words that are wise 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 always remember whatever the situation to treat life like improv And yes, and...